Churches across America are reeling from new coronavirus-related guidelines from the CDC. We'll take a look at how they're coping. Also, faith leaders are responding to the pandemic, some with good advice, some less so. And finally, an ancient piece of writing from Martin Luther suddenly feels freshly applicable. That's all ahead. This is Relevant Daily. It's relevant. It's relevant daily. Relevant daily. Relevant daily. It's relevant daily. Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Carey. Welcome to Relevant Daily, where we bring you what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture. All those stories are coming up, but first, I want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by our church leadership podcast, Called. Each week on Called, leaders, activists, pastors, and innovators, including Julia Veach, Rob Hoskins, John Eldridge, Eugene Cho, Rebecca Lyons, N.T. Wright, Darius Daniels, Kim Walker-Smith, and many more, talk about how churches can make greater impacts among their congregations and in their communities. It's designed specifically for church leaders to meet the needs of local churches, but also needs that church leaders might have, like guarding their marriages and protecting mental health and how to exercise ideas like soul care. Also, this week, we have a special episode on how churches are reacting to the coronavirus outbreak. Don't miss it. If you're in ministry or know someone who is, make sure to check out Called wherever you get your podcasts. All right. To tell us about today's stories, it's our senior editor, Tyler Huckabee. Tyler, how are you, man? Hey, doing all right. As well as can be expected in uh, these very strange times. Yes, it's strange indeed. Um, and, you know, one of the big strange things this weekend was a lot of people didn't go to church on Sunday. That's uh, right. You know, uh, across the country, most major churches were closed. And that's thanks ma- largely to the CDC's new guidelines that are creating some new challenges for churches. Tyler, what can you tell us? Yeah, so we were able to all experience this happen in real time. Over the course of a few weeks, the coronavirus went from a distant threat to upending most of our lives all over the globe. It's killed thousands of people. It's caused the stock market here in the U.S. to plummet, and it's instilled a lot of fear in all of us. The CDC has, as of this recording, recommended no public gatherings of 10 or more be allowed for the next eight weeks. That is a huge disruption for all of us, including churches, which really had to scramble last week and will have to in the weeks to come to accommodate new questions about Sunday service and just what being a church looks like right now. So these CDC guidelines, they specifically do apply to house of worships as well. It's just kind of, you know, I think we all saw sports go off the air, but Mm -hmm. this is specifically geared towards houses of worship. Yeah, right now these are just guidelines, right? There, there's no man. There's not yet any sort of uh, federally mandated curfew. The CDC has exempted schools, institutes of higher learning, and businesses. Although most states and organizations are opting to curtail those on their own. Now, some churches defy these guidelines. You can see videos of churches in Florida and Texas that popped up showing pastors expressing confidence that God would keep them safe. But many churches heeded the government's warnings. And conducted their services online. And it's a good thing, too. In South Korea, one of the world's hardest hit nations, one patient refused to abide by social distancing and went to church. This person became the cause of two infected bubbles that ended up being responsible for 80% of South Korea's confirmed cases. So very important to follow these guidelines. Otherwise, you could be patient zero, or in this case, as this patient was known, patient 31 for a major outbreak. Tell me, how are faith leaders here in America responding, you know, given that this is the first Sunday where they've pretty much been forced to close almost? 
Yeah, we've got lots of uh, lots of faith leaders have spoken up. We've collected a bunch of the social media messages they've put out over at relevantmagazine.com. We'll have more in the coming days and weeks. Uh, for example, Eugene Cho, who he had, uh, who came on the podcast just last week, said, "Quote: We're all in this together. Be kind. Be human. Be a good neighbor. Honor the urgency of social distancing, but let's be sure to check in with one another. Call, text, and when appropriate." Make short visits, drop off food and supplies for those that are isolated or self-quarantined. Similar message from Beth Moore, who said, quote, there will be multiple ways to help people out. We'll have to think creatively for some of them. One thing we can immediately do is pray and we can organize our prayers so we don't feel overwhelmed. Seven days a week, choose seven different focus groups that especially need prayer. We can make calls and check on people, especially the elderly, and just chat with them. We discover real life talking over texting. That's something I'm going to try and do. Also, there's group FaceTime giving us access to groups or extended family. Many will need financial help if we're able. Uh, and then Pastor Andy Stanley, speaking more directly to the actual church situation, he said, quote, why cancel church during a pandemic? One, we are loving our neighbors by protecting our neighbors. Two, we are not being fearful. We are being responsible. And three, this is what love requires of us in this season. Those are certainly encouraging words and people can read more of them over at relevantmagazine.com. We've, we've assembled a lot of them. Um, but Tyler, not everyone who's a notable Christian leader was so reasonable. Uh, tell us about you know some of the responses that, that jumped out on the other end of this. Yeah, this was sort of strange. Uh, Jerry Falwell Jr., the president of Liberty University, prominent supporter of President Donald Trump, went on Fox News to talk about the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, he was ostensibly there to discuss the virtual classroom, which is a reality many colleges across America are opting for in the wake of the outbreak. Liberty instead opted to continue classes as normal ahead of their spring break, which began on Friday, but they did cancel, quote, large events. So Falwell quickly pivoted on Fox and Friends from the conversation around virtual classrooms to dismissing what he called an overreaction and theorizing that there was a political reason for the media coverage. Uh, I'll let you hear for yourself what he said. Let's, let's go ahead and play that clip. Well, we have 100,000 students that are studying online, only 15,000 on campus already. So the majority of our student body is already off campus. And so, um, but the 15,000 that are here, many of them have asked us, please do not cancel classes. Don't send us home to do online. We love it here. We want to stay. What we have done is eliminated any large crowds, any events that, ha- that involve large crowds. And... You know, it, it's it's just strange to me how so many are overreacting. The H1N1 virus in 2009 killed 17,000 people. It was the flu also, I think. And there was not the same hype. It was, uh, you just didn't see it on the news 24-7. And it makes you wonder if there's a political reason for that. It's, it's uh, you know, impeachment didn't work and, and the Mueller report didn't work and, and, Article 25 didn't work, and so maybe now this is their their next uh, their next attempt to get Trump. But but I had a uh, the owner of a restaurant asked me last night. He said, "You remember the North Korean leader promised a Christmas present for for America back back in December? Could it be they got together with China and this is that present? I don't know, but but it really is something strange going on." Tyler, in addition to that clip, which is concerning, Falwell also got attention, I mean, there's no other way to say it, berating and insulting a a parent's, a, a student's parent on Twitter. What was this exchange all about? 
Yeah, so Falwell took to Twitter to put out a thread explaining his decision to not cancel classes. One of the tweets he had in that thread said, quote, I don't want to become one of these college presidents who are pushing this problem off on someone else by sending 20-year-olds with near zero mortality risk to sit at home for the rest of the semester, often with grandparents in the house who are truly at risk. Now, another Twitter user responded, uh, claiming to be a parent of three Liberty students who are there at Liberty University, saying, quote, so in seven weeks, you'll send the thousands of students who now have a higher risk of carrying it back to their grandparents to get it? I'm as right-wing as they get, bud, he said. But as parent of three of your students, I think this is crazy, irresponsible, and seems like a money grab. Falwell responded to this parent, this the self-reported parent, I should say, saying, nope, then they'll go after summer jobs or internships, dummy. That's a weird exchange for a college president for the... Which is a strange... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, lots of strange things happening right now. It's a strange Twitter exchange for a college president, a, a little less so from Falwell himself. Uh, the dad, uh, the, the father here, actually uh, took the high road here. He There was an understandable ratio to Falwell's comments on Twitter. Lots of people jumping in uh, with outrage and, and trying to correct him. The dad himself said, quote, Hey, everyone, it's cool. He's under a lot of stress like we all are. Everyone, including me, is trying to make the best decisions and judgments for the ones we love right now so that is certainly true and good advice and uh, that's a spirit of graciousness that i hope we can all carry with us into whatever this is over the coming weeks yeah and well tyler finally you know speaking of uh, christian leaders speaking uh truth to a very complex situation uh martin luther's back with a very (laughs) old message that people might find actually pretty applicable right now uh considering it was written in the 1500s tell us what he said yeah, this is something that you dug up, Jesse, and yeah. it, was, it was a good find. Was, so, I, I will say this. It was uh, thanks to my pastor here at Trinity Church in Virginia Beach who, uh, uh, who incorporated this into his sermon this weekend. But I've seen it kind of making the rounds today as well. Credit where it's due. So back in 1527, a deadly plague hit Martin Luther's town of Wittenberg. And he wrote a letter to his friend explaining how churches should deal with such complicated circumstances. Now, obviously, science has progressed immensely in the last 500 years. So we know a lot more about infectious diseases than we did back then, certainly more than Martin Luther did at the time. But his general, the spirit of his words still ring true. He wrote, quote, Use medicine, take potions which can help, fumigate house, yard, and street, shun persons and places wherever your neighbor does not need your presence or has recovered, and act like a man who wants to help put out the burning city. What else is the epidemic but a fire which instead of consuming wood and straw devours life and body? He went on to write, quote, If my neighbor needs me, however, I shall not avoid place or person, but will go freely, as stated above. See, this is such a God-fearing faith, because it is neither brash nor foolhardy and does not tempt God. Hearkening uh, there at the end, of course, to Jesus's words when Satan told Jesus to throw himself off the roof. And Jesus basically says, no, I'm not going to test God that way. He he refuses. He, he follows the science of what jumping off the roof of a tall building is going to do to you while not uh, while still saying that he trusts God and won't tempt him. That's uh, yeah. a uh, good advice for all of us right now. And anyone who's questioning the, the impact of social distancing, just think about <laughs> that this is what people were doing back in the 1500s to stop plagues that we didn't have medicines to to prevent. So uh, let's encourage everyone to act like people who want to help put out a burning city. Tyler, thank you, man. Hey, good luck out there, Jesse.
Thanks, you too, man. We can read more about those stories and everything else we're covering today over at relevantmagazine.com. Also, be sure to follow us on social. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter and our other podcasts. And don't forget, we're going to be here every day bringing you the latest at the intersection. And don't forget, we're going to be here every weekday bringing you the latest at the intersection of faith and culture. Thanks for listening, everyone. This is Relevant Daily.